What is up, dudes? It is your excellent friend, the brand Big Vito T in the house, Pro Wrestling Planet podcast. We're in the Ides of March here, and we're going to get extreme. Extreme Championship <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> What's show up, my man? Show your death. Oh, sorry. What up? <laughs> Fargo strutting in. Back no. on the ball, baby. Woo! Woo! And we're back. <laughs> I got to look over here now. I got to remember the cameras. Oh, hey. My camera's oh. now over here. Hey. <laughs> We're here, uh, we're, we're going into the wrestling vault, the wrestling time machine, if you will, the wrestling time capsule, That's right. as I like to call it. Um, this is uh, just a new thing we're doing. I'm enjoying a new venture. Yes, new Frieza. Yes. Um, we're, we're, we're flashing back, we're going, we're digging up the time capsule, and what did we find, Vito, 1998? More specifically, ECW Heat Wave '98. Yes, and the golden um, age of wrestling. You know, we well, went back and forth on what to. This uh, one's kind of bronze. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, let me tell you. No, but we. Uh, this is one. This is one that I threw out there, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think. Uh, I think uh, options were given. Options. Were, well, yeah. We both came up with the list. We both had when this was. We checked yeah. it twice. Yes, and we were coming up with uh, with what we would do for our first one, and I think you had given me some options, and and I said, you know what? Let's start extreme. Right. We're gonna do this venture. Let's start extreme, and it doesn't get more extreme than this one. <laughs> I was very happy when you selected this show because i mean just thinking without having watched it in a long time uh it was one of my favorites that i remember yeah and revisiting it mm. i i'm not sure man we'll get to all that but um, oh man at the time back in the day this was definitely like my favorite ecw show at the very least yeah um Vito, give me your memories of the summer of 1998. Of course, this is running concurrent. Oh man! With uh, Big SummerSlam '98 with Taker and Austin. Yeah, '98, uh, '97, '98, '99. I'm gonna call those the golden years of wrestling. Those are like peak. Hey, man, pour out some yeah. rock star for that. Yeah, peak attitude. And this show was nothing but attitude. <laughs> right. uh, ECW. <laughs> this would be ACW. Attitude Championship Wrestling. For sure. But, uh, but no, 98 was a great year for wrestling. Uh, apparently a great year for ECW because this show was 
packed with great wrestling. Also, uh, every three seconds, every three seconds, you put this in 2023, canceled, 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 (laughs) (laughs) canceled. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I don't know how much longer we'll be able to, like, watch stuff like this on Peacock, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we might come to that point. Uh, you don't know how this would do the cracks. As a society. <laughs> yeah. But personally, uh, Vito, 98, were you on the ECW train yet? Uh, Did not you watch really. This? I mean, I had seen, um, I'd seen a couple of them, you know, because of, uh, I, like, I'd go rent tapes. You know, because the tapes, these tapes were still available at like, a, um, what was that one in the corner at One Champion Plaza? Was that Hollywood Video? What was that oh, store right Oh, boy. There? Yeah, no, that was a Galaxy, you know I think. I think that was Galaxy? a Galaxy, yeah. Galaxy Yeah, because that's the one I rented from. I didn't rent from Block. I wasn't a Blockbuster guy. I, I rented, rented from that, that corner, from that Anywhere corner one right there. Yeah. Shout out to that corner <laughs> video store at One Champion Plaza in Roseburg, Oregon. Shout out. It's now the uh empty. It's empty. It? it used to I be so. like the recruiting like military recruiting place. I don't know. I think it's empty right now. It may have changed, yeah. Um but, but no, that's where I rented I even rented Super Nintendos from there. Hell yeah, that's going you back. You know, you can rent the system, you know? Anyway. Oh, okay, the system itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can rent for the sure. system for like a couple days, you know, and you get a, a free game with it. Anyway, dated myself. What's up? How's it going? What, what do you guys know? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do the people know out there about renting a second VCR from <laughs> the the rental place and that way you could do like copying like rent a bunch of videos and the vcr and then do like the copy yeah uh, from vcr to vcr that was great yeah did that too i mean no no did that ever no (laughs) legit i think there's a statue of limitations on these sort of things oh okay totally did it (laughs) but uh okay but uh but obviously, okay, I, I just, uh, 98, dude, I was all about this stuff. Yeah. And just to summarize it, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, we're watching WWE, WCW at the time, as I mentioned, uh, Austin Taker at SummerSlam on the other side, WCW uh, had the Jay Leno uh, Road Wild uh, deal. Yeah, going on. Did not buy that show for whatever reason. No one in my circle uh, ended up buying it, even though my brother's roommate usually bought every WCW show. That was like the Jay Leno one. That was like, I think, or maybe uh, I think I think he that's like he skipped it because I remember we watched. I actually I actually did buy that one because odd enough, uh, young, young Vito was a big Jay Leno fan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What a, what a shocking enough. revelation. <laughs> Teen- <laughs> Teenage Vito was a Jay Leno fan. I no, actually bro, did I a, it. I did a book report. Uh, this is so funny. Excuse me, folks. Uh, I did a, we were told to do a book report on an autobiography in like middle school. I think it was. And I did a book report on Jay Leno's autobiography. Nice. 
Yeah, so I was a, okay. uh, you know, headlines and everything. I was a Jay Leno fan back in the day, so I did, I did get this pay per view. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. Anyway, that's well, that's thing. cool. I was a fan <laughs> of late night TV at the time as well, and even though yeah. I was, I was still just like not. Were you a Letterman in. guy? I watched both. You know what I did, dude? And this is super geeky, but I'm gonna omit <laughs> this right here on the podcast. There was a. There was a brief point in time here, and I believe it was during the summer, summer of 98. It was the first summer I moved uh, down here to South County, so I really didn't know, like, anybody. And I was, like, pretty isolated uh, that whole summer, you know, besides when I came up to Roseburg to hang out with my brother and and whatever. But uh, regardless, I would watch those shows each night. I'd flip back and forth. I would write down what they did uh on each show and i would like compare them you know what i mean i'd be like okay leno and letterman right yeah i'd be like okay well leno's monologue went like 10 minutes uh you know letterman's went like eight or whatever he talked about this and this and this and then uh and then they did this for five minutes and then they did you know what i mean i would like yeah almost like you'd recap you know like how a lot of people recap like wrestling I would like sit down and like read and like compare uh, their shows because I was real fascinated because uh, that was also a battle, uh, yeah. a ratings battle. You know what I mean? We had yeah. the Monday Night Wars. Timing but, was important, but the late night wars was also a thing. There's a whole movie yep. made about it and everything. Yep. So uh, wow. Yeah. So I, I you know, so I kind of got interest interested in that for like a couple weeks you know it's not like i did it uh, very consistently you know it's something i yeah. toyed around with for like a couple yeah. weeks but um i wish i still had those those would be interesting to read but i don't have them no but anyway they lasted the weeks they were there that was the wrestling landscape at the time uh and as far as ecw man i was all in i bought the very first pay-per-view uh in 97 pretty much like there there was not we didn't miss we didn't miss one of these because they were only 20 bucks the the wcw wwe pay-per-views were 30 uh the ecw shows were only 20 so i always got these and like i mentioned we didn't do the uh we didn't do road wild i watched SummerSlam at my oldest brother's house uh, so that was covered. I ordered this Heat Wave 98 pay-per-view in my house in Myrtle Creek. Uh, you know, I'm 13 years old. I'm pretty sure, and, I, <laughs> and I've been trying to think about it, I'm pretty sure I was by myself. Like, oh, I don't man. remember anybody else being there. Um, oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, because it was before I knew anyone in town. And I don't think like Jeremy uh, or anyone I hung out with up there was with me. So I'm pretty sure I just, I bought this and ordered it and just watched it. I had the tape forever and I remember it fondly. But like I said, uh, now that we've revisited it, some of it holds up, some of it don't. We'll find out uh, as we go along. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to throw out some stats here, Vito, real quick before we get started. All right, let's uh, do it. August 2nd, 98, 
1998 Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio. This was actually, I believe, uh, the most attended ECW event uh, at the time. Uh, it's about a 5,000 uh, 5, at capacity with the setup. I don't know if that was like a worked number or whatever, but I mean, it, 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 at the time I believed it because I had never seen an ECW show that had this big of a crowd. Yeah. Um, Dayton, Ohio uh, is where that Hera arena place is at. And, uh, only six matches total, but, uh, a lot of other stuff going on as well. Oh yeah. Lots of other stuff. You know, you want the backstory and all that. That's another uh, podcast. You know, we're not going to go that uh, deep diving into things. But also interesting to note that uh, you don't see this on the Peacock version of the show, but there was a pre-show match uh, with Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten defeating uh, the full-blooded Italians. You don't oh, get to see I that. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I guess, well, and this, this would have had to have been a dark match, uh, for the live audience, because at that time, ECW did not, and I can confirm this because I remember ordering the show, they didn't have like a live feed, uh, pre-show ever. It was always a pre-recorded 30 minutes. They didn't Uh, have the budget. from like the show before? Well, or I mean, like- they just, you know, Joey Styles would be there and he would, you know, he would be like counting it down, but he would be like, you know, in the studio and they would just show like video packages and he would like, you know, give you, you know, the background to the angles, you know, it's kind of similar to what AEW does uh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and WCW did it too. You know, the pre-recorded uh, pre-shows that aren't live. It's just a, you know, thirty-minute kickoff special that's pre-recorded. So this yeah. match had to have taken place in front of like the um, the live crowd because I don't remember ever seeing it. You know, either even live. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I don't have a whole lot of uh, other other stats. I thought I was going to have the, uh, okay, the official attendance, at least according to Wikipedia here, is 4,400. Wow. So maybe, maybe that's the real one. Maybe that's the worked one. I don't know. But either way, uh, we kick off the show. With a pretty interesting little segment. Uh, Joey's in the ring. Uh, He gets joined by, uh, what, uh, franchise Shane Douglas and Francine. Mm -hmm. Francine looks uh, skanky as ever. Yep. Um, You know, and... uh, Immediately get to show your tits chant. Right. Yes, absolutely. And then at, it's at that point we found out that they are $6,000. That they have a, a worth of $6,000. $6,000 in 1998, right? Whew. So that would be like 12000 I guess, today. I don't know. Like, I'm not Man. really a 
uh, an inflation mathematician. We'll, we'll just say double. But that's what I would guess, yes. <laughs> no pun intended, double. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, they come out and cut a promo uh, here. I didn't really, uh, I don't I don't have it necessarily written down. Do you have details written down, Vito? Uh, I don't, but mostly he was just complaining about the main event and, uh, you know, talking about Chris Candido and, Right. Bam Bam Bigelow and whatnot. We were and, building uh, to uh, we were building to a Taz Shane Douglas match. Yeah, but we yeah, weren't. not the main event. The the pre the the second to main. Right. Yeah, not the main. The uh, Bam Bam Taz death match. You know, ECW for whatever reason they would um, advertise the the like semi main event as the main event you know yeah. they did this a lot i remember the first pay-per-view barely legal in 97 the advertised main event uh was the sabu Taz match but that was actually like the semi-main spot is what that had and then the the main event was the uh the three-way dance and then the the raven raven terry funk thing but uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, you know they pretty much, uh, and you know of course, just to back up a little bit, and it hits me in the face constantly during this show, watching it on the Peacock version, the re-edited entrance musics, <laughs> which. Oh my gosh! It's just and see so... that doesn't affect me because I you know I don't really know of right. that, but I knew watching it that it would affect you. And then, and then we were texting while watching this, and then uh, immediately you're like, "Oh, it's hit me right in the face, <laughs> <laughs> bro!" It just grates on me because you know I, I remember you know what I mean. Uh, Shane Douglas supposed to come out to uh, Perfect Stranger, yeah. Uh, same uh same theme that uh that Hansen used. Ooh, whoops. Anyway, I don't want to get on a tangent there, but uh anyway. So yeah. They open up and um what doesn't like Joey Styles end up motorboating Francine or something like yeah. that happens? Yeah, she puts his Yeah, she puts his face <laughs> in her chest. Oh man. Good times. Uh, Good wholesome family fun. I'm canceled. Glad, I'm glad I watched this while the kids were at school. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I watched it in sections because of company and whatnot. Right, yeah. Some of these some stuff, yeah, it's you know, wasn't too bad on this show, but when you have to kind of explain yeah. uh embarrassing wrestling stuff to people, that that's always tough. <laughs> But uh, oh man! So they open up with that, and then we get our first match: uh, Just Incredible, Jerry Lynn. Uh, Just Incredible is... comes down with quite the entourage, and this is something that I I wrote down some quite notes. I wanted to point out who his entourage was. So yes, please let me do. lay this out for you. Okay, first, uh, the ever lovely Nicole Bass. Nicole Bass, which we which we love, Nicole Bass. 
which uh, Joey uh, Styles said bigger than China, yeah. which I thought was, uh, or no, Russia is bigger than China or something like that. Something about Russia and bigger than China. We should, then we we have, should have named her Russia because she's bigger than China. Yeah, so, that's what it was. And yeah. then we have Chastity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know of this Chastity girl. Okay, so I did some research yep. on Chastity. Um, she went by a couple different names: Madam Chastity, Brittany Bottom, I think it was, or Brit- Brittany Lotion. I don't know what I wrote down, <laughs> but she's uh, <laughs> she's managed Sandman, Blue Meanie, Stevie Richards, Johnny Webb, Justin Credible, Landstorm, Jason Knight, who was also with them, the sexiest man on earth, Jason Knight. And also, I'd like to throw out that uh, Chastity uh, later did porn under the name Denise Rifle, which is, I think, her ba- her real name, Denise Riffle Rifle. Anyway, that's what I got for the entourage. I knew about the the adult film career. I yeah. I was under the impression that it was prior, but maybe I'm thinking of Beulah. Well, it might have been it might have been prior, but I think uh, I think I read somewhere that it was after. It was oh, Brittany Bottoms was, was the probably other name. Prior, during, and after. I mean, who knows? Oh, I'm sure it probably was. Uh, but yes, because I remember reading because like I remember reading in the sheets uh, back in those days, back uh, Pro Wrestling Torch, to be more specific, yeah. uh, actually revealing that fact to me at some point in time. So yeah. it had to have been happening at least even then or, or whatever. And of course, yes. Jerry Lynn came out by himself. That was... And they kept making notice that the winner wins the feud, which I've never really heard that in, in wrestling as often as we should. Winner wins the feud. Right. So exactly. anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. At the time, that was definitely different. I thought it was cool that they did it. They were having like a a, a series of matches. They were all bangers. Um, this really helped. I mean, th- th- it it helped make just incredible. To be honest, like during that whole summer, he kind of came in to his own. Yeah. Uh, when when he first came in to to ECW, it was still kind of rough. And they started kind of doing the parade of freaks thing, you know, with yeah, with his big yeah. Entourage. I actually wrote down here that Justin grabbed weirdos from the back, but Jerry Lynn couldn't find any, so he came out alone. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the thing, you know. That was like, you yeah. know, it, that the entourage of like, you know, yeah. of misfits. Uh, Jason had been around, you know, in like the early ECW days as like a jobber, but couldn't like work anymore. You know, so they just kind of threw him in there because he was around. Um, you know, he probably worked for free, I'm sure. Uh, no, you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. you know what I mean? It's like Paul, he didn't pay a lot of guys. And so, you, no. you know, you always hear those stories. So you got to think that, you know, a lot of these people, like especially guys in Just Incredibles Entourage, probably didn't get a check. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just assuming that fact. I don't know. Probably. Just want to clarify for any of the viewers out there or listeners. I don't want to act uh, like I'm a uh, uh, big shot know-it-all. No. To, to quote a but the, the stories are there. Yes, exactly. 
Um, so yeah, no, this, uh, this was, this was excellent. Um, how did we end this here? Uh, we had, we, of course, they, of course, when you have the, um, the entourage, a big part of it is the spots where they come in, Yeah, you know, and a lot of the time it ends up with, you know, most of them taking at least one bump. Yeah. Um, we got some of that stuff here. And, you know, the, uh, with ECW being like, you know, weapons are cool. I found it funny that, uh, when they first brought the, the chair in, the ref looked visibly mad that the <laughs> chair was in there, but he didn't do nothing about it. Right. And, and speaking about the referees, me having, a a career of sorts of being a referee, uh, I, uh, I am used to seeing the black and white stripes of a referee. And uh, those red and black shirts, not a fan. Really? Almost offensive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Slightly offensive. Not a fan. I didn't know if he was just another guy in the match or, or what. Okay. So I couldn't really separate him. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just wasn't into it. So, so. but... Uh... Right in in WCW though for a long the time the blue shirts the blue with shirts. the bow ties are different. Okay. Okay. That looks those. That's more those distinguishable. Are, yes, yes, but that guy had like you know I don't know I just I don't know. looked like it could have been a wrestling outfit the way it was like striped down like this. Okay. And you know up like this anyway, just a little nitpick I have. No, I could see that. I always thought that it was cool that they had like their own ref look, you know. Yeah. But if I mean, it was I could, stripes, I could definitely see that. If it was red that. and black stripes, I would have been cool with that. Okay. Like instead of white stripes, if they were red, that would have been cool. Yeah, just Into a little that. variation on it, you know. Yeah, but I actually dig the the light blue shirt with the bow tie with the black bow tie. I thought right. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks more official. Yeah. Um, There's a couple spots that I thought were really funny uh, or really good. The Huracurana from the top rope to the outside through the table. I thought that was a great spot. Um, uh, Where uh, Justin did it to Jerry. And then uh, Jerry Lynn jumped to avoid the low blow. I thought that was a classic move. (laughs) That was great. Um, And... uh, I thought the finish was great too, but other than that, now, those are the only things I really have. Jerry to Lynn as well. Oh. Oh. Paw Patrol, Patrol, bro! I had a pop up on the on the media. Let's just close that. Sorry, folks. Paw Patrol is on a roll with us. Uh, yeah. Now, other than that, you don't see a lot of the. Um, you know, like uh, the what just incredible. You know the that's incredible, especially the the variation from the rope. Yeah. Um, Was that from the middle? The middle rope. Second rope. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see very much uh, of that. Later on, he would just you know it was basically just like a spinning tombstone. Yeah. Most of the time. That match went fourteen thirty six. Okay. Good, you got I went and got match times. 
Good, good, yeah, because I didn't have that shit. I just yeah. got some, like, bare bones stuff that I'm looking at here. That's what I do. But this would, um, <laughs> yeah, no, this would catapult uh, both guys. You know, even though Jerry Lynn uh, was coming from WCW, uh, you know, the whole Mr. JL thing. <laughs> Mr. JL. And then, you know, uh, uh. and then Justin, uh, you know, a.k.a. PJ Walker, a.k.a. Aldo Montoya. Aldo Montoya. With the jock strap on his face, you know. And uh, Polly uh, recrafted both of these guys and just, you know, let them go out there and work. And, um, and yeah, no, it paid off. And especially, yeah. and especially Justin, uh, had like really, you know, he, he could cut a pretty good promo. Um, Jerry Lynn, not so much, but yeah. But Jerry Lynn, well, act, actually, I think they would both go on to become ECW champions, if I'm not mistaken. So, was this before or after Jerry Lynn and RVD had their great little run? This was prior. Okay. So this kind of, yeah. I mean, this helped catapult Jerry Lynn to that next stop, which I believe his next big feud was the Rob Van Dam feud. That was great stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great they, stuff. They basically did the same thing, you know, multiple matches, you know, just yeah. trying to, like, uh, up upstage each match that they did. And that's kind of, you know, that's what they had to do in ECW because, you know, it's, they had a limited roster, so they couldn't <laughs> Polly really... Paulie couldn't even pay those guys. So. Right. <laughs> so... I think Bubba says that Paulie still owes him money, or, you know, a couple guys say that. Tommy, I think, says that. So he was great at drawing out the programs the last yeah. months and months and months and getting as many legs out of the matchups as possible. That way, when yeah. you did move on to a fresh matchup, uh, it actually felt fresh. Another part of Paulie's genius, I think. Yeah. Um, so next up, we had uh, Lance Storm and Chris Candido. Uh, the returning, apparently, Tammy yes. Lynn Stitch. Yes. She made a special appearance. Here and this ended up actually being her re-debut. I'm pretty much, I'm sure, with ECW. I know she had done like a couple appearances here and there at the time, but I think from here on out, because this is the summer of '98, don't think I saw her in WWE at all beyond that point. So, pretty mm. sure she. This is the time where she came and pretty much stayed. What, uh, when did she bring uh, LOD 2000 in? That was earlier in this year. That, oh, was that it? would have been WrestleMania in 98, which would have been in March, March. of 98. Okay. So, and that lasted, you know, she was with them a couple months, maybe at best. Yeah. So, and that was her last, like, that yeah. was her last deal. So, I think she came to ECW at this point and then pretty much never left. Uh, you know, there, of course, with with Candido. Children, don't don't Google Tamulin Sitch. Oh, God. Just, just skip that. Google Chris Candido. Watch his <laughs> matches. Don't, don't Google Tamulin Sitch. 
these guys. And uh, at the beginning of this, we had our second show, show your tits chance. Oh, of course, naturally. But man, the ECW crowd just thirsty as hell. Yeah. Thirsty. You know what I mean? That yeah. was like, but you know, then again, you kind of think about it like, I don't know, maybe it was just they because they were almost was... there. That's the thing about ECW girls. They're, they were almost showing completely. Right. So all they really had to do is just like barely move and then they'd be showing. That's why they wanted it because right. they were teasing them basically. That was a huge part of everything, man. I don't know if it's just Extreme. because I was, I was 13 years old at the time, you know, of course, you know, full of that young man. Yeah. So, I mean, that was part of it. That was part of what got us hooked, right? You know, 13 year old Brandon's at home. Show your death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God. Yeah. There, there was nothing, you know, we would just, we would literally watch and, you know, hope that some sort of accident happened. Yep. And uh see you know, now you're remembering back and now thirteen year old Brandon's canceled. Right. <laughs> what am yeah, I this show's do? full of cancellations, man. Man. What am I gonna do? Uh this was Wait you know, get that main event. They uh they did a thing with this with this match. Um they were partners for a while in the triple threat. And uh, they were partners at odds for a long time, but still had success. And um, and I believe at this point, uh, they were pretty much, this was pretty much the split. I don't know how, yeah. I don't really remember how. Because I remember they did have a match or two when they were still, like, together, technically. I want to say maybe even when they were the tag team champions. But it, this was... They weren't the tag team champions here, right? Am I wrong? No, they weren't. No. Because no, Sabu weren't. and Van Dam were the champions. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. uh, this was. And Lance Storm simple... was not in triple threat for this. No. It no. was more like a. Uh, right. It was more kind of like a temporary. Um, like a possible. Like he was like kind of like a fill in member because uh, Shane Douglas was, was hurt. You know, and he kind of like hung around yeah. with them. And for a while, it was like a triple threat, even though there was four guys, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, the Candido, Douglas, Bigelow, and then there was Lance Storm kind of on the yeah. outside looking in. He's always kind of fit awkward wherever he's at. <laughs> right. But he did such good work back in these yeah. days. and He hit a spinning um, heel kick off the top that looked amazing. And it was like at the beginning of the match, too. It looked awesome. Also, I don't know if you saw that, but long term storytelling here as well. Because the very first ECW pay per view at Barely Legal, uh, Candido was supposed to wrestle Van Dam. And, or wait a minute, uh, was it which either way, you know, like Candido was supposed to wrestle Storm, but it got uh, Candido got hurt. So Van Dam filled in. Yeah, that's how it worked. So, so this, this is like the the dream match. Well, yeah, I mean, this is it's just it's harkening yeah. back all the way to that, and then they did the whole thing, you know, with the with the team at odds thing, and they were the champions, and and this and that and the other. But yes, you know, just to give more of a of a picture of that. Um, 
this match it didn't go very long did it it was only no, like 11, 11 minutes yeah yeah there was um, a powder spot that was kind of funny and unique go ahead and take us through that well i didn't write down the the um the details but i think it was like a it was in his hand and i think he slapped it in his hand back into his face i think is how it went I could be wrong, but I think that's how it went because I, I just wrote down Sonny. funny and unique. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just interesting. Um, and uh, the finish was weird too, kind of. Well, Candido hits a blonde bombshell. Yeah. Uh, but it was weird how move, he hit it. Another move you don't, you don't really see. You know what I mean? Who does this yeah. nowadays? Nobody, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it probably struggled a little bit because because Lance Storm is on the you know, I mean, not really necessarily a light guy, but not a big guy either. Yeah, imagine it would be kind of tough to do this spot with him. Uh, it would look great when Candido would do it on guys like Spike Dudley and dudes like that, you know, yeah, then he could just pick up those dudes and just ragdoll them. Uh, from the top, but that is the problem with the move is that uh, unless you're like a huge guy, uh, it's not easy to do that. No, <laughs> no, you know, try to fucking power bomb someone from the top rope safely. Yeah, but it was the late nineties, and we did not care. <laughs> no, no, that's still when we like headshots with a chair, right? Exactly. Coming from like six feet away. Ah, like a diving headshot with a chair. This would be yeah. a good uh, move, you know, one of those list videos uh, of moves you don't really see anymore. Yeah. That's a deal. But, uh, yeah. Um, also, when reading through some some other notes on the internet about this show, allegedly, and I don't know if this is true, but... Uh, you go back and you really watch like Sunny during this, and she is toe up <laughs> on something. You know what I mean? Whatever it may yeah. be, substances, alcohol, or or both. Yes. Auction of everything. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of yes. <laughs> right. Uh, so Just then, like I said, kids don't do it. Don't. Yes. Just don't. Right. Um. Learn, anyway. learn, learn from Sunny. Yeah. Look at her now. Don't, don't, no, don't look no, at her now. No, please kids. don't. Don't do it. Please don't. Um, no. We get a nice little uh, backstage deal, which was weird. There's a lot of weirdness on this show. <laughs> it's like New Jack is just hanging out with the fans. He's right. like, yeah, I'm New Jack. I'm like people friendly and we're all hanging out together right like, like what <laughs> okay cool we're all having a good old time with new jack like one of the most <laughs> destructive dudes in ecw hey new jack just go out there and hang out with the people it'll be cool i loved it i liked it yeah <laughs> I, i've always been a new jack fan <laughs> oh man i thought the, i thought the gangsters were a cool tag team for sure yeah 
they were a great team and you know the new jack as a as a solo act which is what he had moved on to here and uh this whole thing uh and we'll get to this a little bit later but you know new jack yeah. jack victory the dudleys and and then the baby faces in the in the main event uh they did some version of this at pretty much every single show they ran uh, during that the whole summer of 1998, we're talking house shows, TV tapings, um, some well, variation like the, the of this angle backstage, or no, I mean just some variation of the angle they would do. So uh, a lot of the times it would be like maybe like a four on four, oh. uh, you know, which is like you know what it without giving too much away what it turns into, you know, yeah. basically. Anyway. Well, they, they kept saying that they were offering up a weapons match between New, was it New Jack and Jack Victory, I think right. it was. Yes. And then they're like, okay, well, there was a beatdown, so that's not happening. And I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't even, I didn't quite understand exactly. Like, since when? Like, I didn't get that. This is so, ECW, uh, man. Unless, yeah. you, unless you don't have a pulse. Yeah, unless um, you're dead. <laughs> if you're at the hospital, we just assume the match is going to take place at the hospital. <laughs> yeah, what do you think this is? Uh, so, but they would anyway. do, or they would have these guys. Uh, some of the shows during that summer, uh, this same feud be broken up into like singles matches, tag matches. You know, you'd have like Dudley's versus Sandman and Dreamer, and then like Spike versus. You know, Jack Victory or Vice, you know what I mean? They would find some way uh, they were feuding the whole summer. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, of course, of course, we'll get to more of that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Tanaka, Mike Awesome. I want to yeah. say, was this the first one that they did? I didn't quite catch that. I don't know, but I found out something that I did not know, and I had to look it up. They said that Tanaka was the FMW Brass Knuckles Heavyweight Champion. FMW. I did not know what that was. <laughs> I thought I was like the Brass Knuckles Champion. I right. guess that championship went through me in my years of watching wrestling. So I decided to look it up, and uh, there's not very many champions for that for that title. Really, not nobody that I really knew. Yeah, um, the Sheik was was a champion. Uh, Tiger Jeet Singh was a champion. Uh, the Gladiator for for whatever. Hayabusa was a was the champion once. Okay, uh, which we later seen him. Uh, but you know the uh, brass knuckles. I did not know. Huh. <laughs> not and not a not a brass yeah, I mean, neither guy, did I. Apparently. I never even catch that. And then there's a brass knuckles tag team championship too. Uh, so there you go. You'd see ads for uh, FMW tapes, and uh, I want to say I guess it was in the torch, or maybe it was in EWI. I don't know some kind of publication i used to read well it's now i just now saw this for some reason frontier yeah. martial arts wrestling 
Right. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe that is, um, that's, uh, that's, uh, Onita's promotion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 A sushi Onita. So a bunch of crazy shit would happen there. Yeah. It's it's the extreme (laughs) version of probably New Japan, I'm guessing. Right. Uh, I would read some of these DVDs and the match listings, you know, they'd be like dry ice casket death match. You know, light tube exploding, you know, they're they're the ones that did all that stuff. Wow. Yeah, all that crazies, you know, the exploding ring stuff, you know, which late AEW, you know, later uh, tried to adopt a couple years ago. Uh, That that was that was all taken, you know, that's FMW uh, Sushi Onita stuff. Wow. So. You, you got to think that these guys came over along with uh, Hayabusa and Shinzaki, you know, probably yeah. all together uh, from that Well, looking area. at the roster who have, who have wrestled for them is kind of crazy. I mean, there's some show. guys who are on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, even Rey Mysterio. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Robin, I mean, Rock and Roll Express. Tracy oh, yeah. Smothers, Tommy Dreamer, yeah. Even Taka Michinoku. Taka, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of cool people in here. Taka did anyway, some stuff there along with, you know. Love learning new wrestling stuff. Ken Shamrock. Anyway, they, they let's, would, let's continue. <laughs> they would usually mention uh, Taka's own promotion, Michinoku Pro, but he also did FMW as well, yes. Yeah. Um, so we get a very awesome, uh, strong style match here, Vito. Between, oh yeah, uh, awesome it was a hard hitting match. And, and Masato Tanaka, uh, this is you know, gosh, you got to give Polly so much credit, man, for just like for letting them come out there and do this crazy ass style, giving that style a chance. You know what I mean? You did not see matches like this no. uh, anywhere. This was a straight Japanese strong style match in the middle of an American card in uh, 1998. Uh, couple good spots I've crazy. seen was uh, uh, Mike Awesome did a slingshot shoulder block. It was right. so nice. You don't even see a slingshot shoulder block anymore. I'd love to see like Seamus do a slingshot shoulder block or Wardlow. It'd be nice. That would be good. Uh, then Mike Awesome hits a Tope Con Hero. Yeah. Con Hilo. I don't know. Excalibur says it better. Uh, and then uh, who does it? So he throws one of them, throws the other one into the audience. That yeah. was. ECW did not give two shits about their audience. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he just throws him. And then, like, they moved the guardrail all the way to the ring. Like, they pushed the guardrail all the way to where it was almost touching the ring. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, dude. And then they did. <laughs> threw, flew right into the audience. It's like, man. Crazy stuff, huh? Yeah. Uh no, I guess you a uh, free waiver came with ECW tickets uh, yeah. in those days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
you knew you put your life in danger if you were going to go watch ECW. Yeah. Straight up. You never knew. Uh, you know, you hear about the story, you know, back in the day with the, uh, the flaming chair. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, when he was in the audience, Mike Austin did the springboard. And then, like, when he springboard, he was standing on the rope for a second, and then he jumped off and landed in the audience on yeah. top of uh, Tanaka. M- amazing. Yeah. Mike right. Awesome was amazing. Another guy who went too soon. He uh, he really laid it all out there in these matches. You know, when when he came to WCW, he didn't really get he didn't really wrestle this style anymore. He really slowed it down. Um. You know, which I think is a lot of the, you know, the plan for a lot of guys, you know, once you, yeah. once you make it, but, um, yeah, uh, awesome was great. Tanaka was great. Yeah. Um, these guys would have several classics over the years and this is one of them. Uh, tornado DDT onto the steel chairs for the win. Yep. Eleven forty nine. Eleven forty nine. See, gosh. Yep. Um, didn't even seem like that. It seemed like a a twenty minute match, man. It was banger to banger all the way. It's such a good, big, big hard hitting match. Because they got the most, you know, out of their moves, you know, big moves. Um. So yeah, uh, that so far, you know. Uh, Credible and Lynn was as good as I remembered. Uh, Storm Candido, you know, not really as good as I remembered, but still okay. Um, this was just as good as I remembered for the most part. This next one, not as good as I remember it. Um, um, this next promo, there is a promo before the next match. Actually, there's two promos before the next match. Oh, okay. But the next promo that I thought was just great. Taz has a little short one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he says, this is golden. He says, Austin, Goldberg, Tyson, all of your world titles are basically shit. The FTW title is better than all of yours. And I'm just <laughs> like, boom. Hands down, all you guys suck. FTW title. I was like, oh, man. You threw Tyson in there? Dude. <laughs> I mean, Austin Goldberg were enough. You could just lay them out perfect. But Tyson, you threw Tyson in there? Right. Man. Anyway. Which is interesting because I'm not sure if, I guess, Tyson was the champ at the time. Maybe he was fighting. Because... It's I don't seen, know, but I thought it was so funny when I heard him throw Tyson in there. It seems like he didn't fight again after that WrestleMania thing, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I okay, now this wrong. next match, I got to apologize right off, uh, which is RVD and Sabu with uh, Hayabusa and you want you want to say the name? Jinzei Shinzaki. Which is uh, Hakushi from the uh, WWF. Yeah. Um, and they were the Brass Knuckles Tag Team Champions. Brass Knuckles once again. I have no notes for this because I cannot stand Bill Alfonso. 
Oh um, no. So I, uh, I, I fast forward this slowly. Um, so, uh, I did not, I watched the finish and a couple of spots in between, but I have never, ever, ever been able to stand that stupid effing whistle from oh, Bill Alfonso. Oh my gosh. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. And I barely like tag matches. So, uh, I did watch it on slow so I can see some of the action. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, you right. want to, so you got some things to say? It was the longest match of the night, though. <laughs> By know, a lot, actually. As far as By Alfonso goes, I get it to each their own. But I always thought, I always got a kick out of them. Really? I thought nice. it added something to the matches for whatever reason. Yes, it's annoying, but it was something that was different. Yeah. And I like, you know, as... His uh, his promos, I always got a kick out of those, you know. Uh, I love his promos. Bill yeah. Alfonso is a great right promo guy. Down the middle. Yeah. You know. I just hate that whistle. And he does it all the way through the match. All the way through. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, it, what do you got to say about this match? It was, the, it was the chemistry. It wasn't necessarily the promos. It was the chemistry between the three guys. They would go to a. They would go to them backstage or whatever, and it would yeah. be like, you know, Fonzie would just be yelling his ass off and blowing his whistle, and you know, Van Dam would just be like, "Yeah, dude, it's cool, whatever," you know, all baked, and taking uh, the credit. And Sabu's like, "I like the promo Sabu before never the says match." A word, yeah. So yeah, he's like a mute. Uh, yeah, was, but he's yeah. so expressive right. as a mute. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was it's gold. Good stuff. Yeah. Still fond of that stuff, but yes. This match I always lauded as one of my favorite matches. Because yes, they do do some like really awesome spots in it. But looking back, uh a little bit uh sloppy now. Like looking at it years later when you see like just all the really crisp work that's done nowadays. Yeah. And you go back and look at this, and you're like, Ugh, this is like, <laughs> this is really kind of rough. But, uh, man, 13-year-old me at the time was marking out for this because I, I, I really, I was dying to see a Hayabusa match. I had never seen him work because I never had a tape that given to me by anybody. We couldn't yeah. just go on YouTube and say Hayabusa matches and watch them <laughs> at the time. You know what I mean? So yeah. 13 years old, man, like, I was, like, so stoked. I'm like, fucking Hayabusa, dude. This is awesome. And uh, so whatever the case may be, I think that kind of blinded me, and I, I didn't really notice the, the botches when I was a kid. Uh, as an almost 40-year-old man, I, I saw every little botch and every little weird, you know, uh, misstep in the match. Uh, being that as it may, still some great spots, though. I love the finish. Um, what did we get? Uh, we got the a double turn. leg drop through the tables. Right, right, right. Okay. It was awesome. And then yes. Sabu pushed Van Dam out of the way to get the pin, which I thought was great. <laughs> right. Because it, you'd think it would be Rob Van Dam doing that spot, but Sabu was like, nope. Yeah, me. Not, not this time. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to point out another thing since we're talking about an RVD match. I really like the Van Daminator. 
Oh, for sure. It's a it's a move I've always liked, especially when he he's able to throw the chair up in the. It's like the opponent's like, "Why do I have the chair?" Boom. Okay. Yeah. That's why I have the chair because I'm about to get kicked in the face. Right. I've always been a fan of uh, Mister Four Twenty. And it, it sucked that he couldn't really do that uh, in the WWE run, you know, unless it was like, a, a, you know, non-rules match or whatever, you know. One of his big spots you can't use. Yeah. But uh, you get all the classic RVD stuff here, you know, uh, the Rolling Thunder, the uh, the Van Daminator, you know, uh, the... A split-legged moonsault, I think, even does a, a thing. Yep. You get your, um, you get your classic Sabu stuff, you know, with the, with the jumping and the, you know, the triple jumps and the, all that, you know, crazy stuff. I mean, and I mentioned, and not not just not just seeing Hayabusa, but knowing that uh, Sabu and Hayabusa would be in the ring at the same time. Yeah. Um, that also blew my mind as well. So, uh, so of course they keep the titles, and um, you know move on into their uh, their storyline, which which once again you know was uh, another one of those like uh, we're friends, but we all we fight all the time, uh, sort of deal. ECW yeah. did that did that a few times with folks but um so what do we got next uh bigelow bigelow taz right yeah and this shows how good uh joey styles is the he was uh pushing um he was putting over taz and he's like that he's a miserable sob and he was just uh excuse me for all the coughing my throat's just hashed over for some reason um he was just pushing it so hard miserable s-o-p you can't even tell if he's happy he looks so miserable all the time (laughs) and like it was he was acting like it hurt him to say it right like you know i can't believe how miserable he is you know Joey so, knew how to put over the angles, man. Yeah. Say what you want to about his style. Of course, here he had Shane with him, so it wasn't like a, and we neglected to mention that earlier, you know. Yeah. Um, Shane Douglas on color. And Francine. And I heard Francine's voice, too, and I literally don't remember. She literally said two words. Yeah, in the I first the match. Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing her voice in that match, and I'm being like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't remember her being, they must have told her, uh, no, or they took her mic off or yeah, something. You're just, you're just supposed to look pretty, baby. This, this is not going to work. <laughs> they introduced Bam Bam as the Taz killer. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. You know, and they said this is a death match. Pinfalls fall anywhere in the building. They wanted to make sure that was clear. It had to be in the building. Which is weird because that's not what a death match is, but no, it's more like a falls count anywhere match. But for yes. whatever reason, they didn't want to call it that. It's weird. And uh, and this uh, this pay per view is right after the FTW title was created. 
because he created it because he thought he was the champion and Shane Douglas was holding the title, correct? So it was 98 when he created the title because that's the way they made it seem. I believe. That's the way. Okay. Yeah, so this so... is in 1998. So this is 25 years ago, right? Right. So shout out to Taz. 25 years later, that FTW title still being defended today. AEW gave it a rebirth, and you know these people yep. thinking that it's a joke or something. You know. Yep. I mean, it's uh, not recognized, but right. it's still being defended today by Hook, Taz's boy. Um, I believe that. Okay, so. Taz and Bigelow had a match at Living Dangerously 98, which was in March of 98, and that's where uh, they went through the ring itself, right? Yeah. And I believe I believe Taz uh, lost the TV title to Bigelow that night. Bigelow, a couple months later, loses the TV title to Rob Van Dam. So the TV title then went uh, into that, you know, realm of ECW. And then from there, Taz was trying to go after Douglas, but Douglas kept ducking him. And by proxy, I believe that's why he just went ahead and created the FTW title was because he's like, all right, well, you know, if if you're going to keep ducking me, you know, like, I don't care. Like, I know I'm the champion. I'm just going to make my own championship. Yeah. I'm the FTW champion. So, I, I believe that's basically uh, the story. So, the first move of the match was a powerbomb. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very first move of the match was a huge powerbomb from uh, Bigelow. That has no cell. Boom. What up? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? Get out of here. You know, a precursor to a lot of the big heavy hitter matches. Definitely had like a, um, I don't know, kind of like, it kind of felt like, you know, a modern day Brock Lesnar match kind of in a way. You know, yeah. The way this match was set up. And Shane says on commentary <laughs> that he's going to be impartial for this. Right. <laughs> Even though he hates Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow is in his group, he's going to remain impartial. We're going to remain impartial. That lasted like five minutes. And he started talking mad shit about Taz and how great Bam Bam was. <laughs> you know, this really, uh, man, it's, it's so revived Bigelow's career, you know? Yeah. Because he was basically a forgotten about guy, was like a legend convention you know, type dude. And uh, Polly rebirthed him again, which, you know, going back, to, I mean, he got his career uh, started or uh, helped Polly get his career started because, you know, he booked that match um, or whatever. They're intertwined from Bigelow's early career. I know that. Yeah. So seeing uh, this all come full circle and, um, you know, this this helped him get another WCW contract even after this. So, um, overall, though, this is another one of those matches that it's like, I remember it being super great back then. It was okay revisiting it here. 
the big spot, of course, uh, was cool. Um, get the the ramp. They went outside uh, rather early, you know, right. and they wrestled all the way around to the audience. Uh, Bigelow was doing this spot where he was going to throw Taz into the chair, but he slipped on, like, probably beer. <laughs> yeah. And, like, face first planted right into the cement floor. And so Taz, like, almost had to throw himself into the chairs. Right. And it was like, and Bigelow laid there for it. I almost wonder if he knocked himself out for a minute. Because he went face first into the floor. I don't even. I don't even think his hands went up very fast. I think he. I think he might have knocked himself out because he laid there for a good minute. It was pretty crazy. Um. um did we get a? Did we get a UF'd up chant on that? I. I failed to I mention that that happened a couple think, times during that tag team match. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything. There was just a lot of chanting. And they don't take those out. Oddly enough. Oh, yes. I'm glad I remembered this. Um, okay, so I uh, mentioned at the top of the show, canned music all night long, right? Canned music, redone music, all night long. It comes to Taz music. It's his actual freaking ECW theme song, dude. I'm like, what? <laughs> so apparently they have the rights to that one, but huh. literally nothing else. It was See, super, I have another note here. It was super weird. And the song itself is a ripoff of uh, War Machine by Kiss. <laughs> okay. Everyone knows the table rule, right? You go get the table. You set it up for yourself. You're going through the table, right? Isn't okay. that the rule? That's Yeah, that's usually the general rule. That's the rule. Yeah. So Bam Bam gets the table, puts it in the corner, and quickly puts Taz straight through it, head first. I'm like, huh? Oh, he just broke the table rule, right? Yeah. And then he gets up, he wrestles him for like a minute, and then turns around, and then he gets suplexed through the other half of the table that didn't break. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Well, whatever. <laughs> that works for me. It's almost like, you know, Taz called an audible there. It's like, hey, wait a minute. This is just not right. <laughs> That's my table. Right. <laughs> well, there's still half it left. I'll use that part. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, Bigelow has no problem, uh, you know. You you wouldn't run into the problem of him breaking, uh, not being able to break the tables. They never really had that problem in ECW. In fact, I'm pretty sure they gimmicked the hell out of their tables. Um, so, you know, they wouldn't have embarrassing stuff like that happen, but, uh, be that as it may, uh, yeah. So, um, anywho, uh, we, at some point we get the, we get the, uh, the spot, right? With the, with the rampway. Yeah. Right. It was weird. You know, wasn't it, it? Didn't look as good as the ring spot. No, the the ring spot they did at Living Dangerously. You know that would be replayed in their videos for for years and years. Still to this day. Yeah, but uh, this one you don't see you don't see as much in those and, uh, video packages. And I agree uh, with Taz. 
I don't think he tapped. Or not Taz. Uh, With Bigelow? Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas. He was saying he did not tap. I, I don't think he tapped either. I think he was reaching. Yeah, so. you know, that all kind of plays into why they did this uh, balls count anywhere deal, I guess, right? Yeah. Is because that yeah. worked into the finish. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the idea was to kind of keep that going, but I believe we finally do get the the Taz-Douglas uh, match at November to remember later that year. Yeah. And I want to say that Taz wins the belt there. Um, so there you go. Okay. A, a decent, decent match, but once again, you know, not not as fond of it as I remember. Uh, let me and it went 13-21 is what that match went. Oh, and that RVD's, that tag match went twenty fifty one, Longest match of the night by like six minutes. Yeah. It's so, crazy, right? Yeah. I mean... And now, now this main event. <laughs> so, we get a lot of heat mic work by the Dudleys. To, they come out to no music, which is what they did. So that was accurate, at least. That that doesn't. That's another accurate portrayal. Like the Taz yes. music. And the Dudleys are Bubba Ray Dudley, <laughs> Devon Dudley, who we all know and love of Team 3D, become future. And the lesser known brother, cousin, whatever he may be, Big Dick Dudley. Yep. And we can say that without being stricken down because it's a name, proper name. Also, Big Dick Dudley. Sign Guy Dudley. Uh, yeah, sign being accompanied to the ring by Sign Guy Dudley and the lovely uh, Joel Gertner. Yes. Joel, insert vicious uh, sexual innuendo one-liner into the oh, middle man. name Gertner. Uh, those so, would always change. They'd always be great. Um, I, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley... Um, when he he did some movements there, he challenged people from uh, the other companies as he was walking down without the mic. You know what I mean? He was saying to the camera, right? He's challenging, uh, I think Austin and guys from WWF or whatever. Oh, trying to open that forbidden door in 1998. Yeah. I mean, it was 99 when he'd actually go to the company and start wrestling those guys, right? Yeah, just a little over yeah. a year later, they'd be gone, yeah. Um, so, here's where everything starts getting real bad, okay? And I'm talking, I'm talking real bad. We're careening. So, Joel Gertner gets the microphone, okay? Right. And he starts announcing each individual member of this tag team. And one thing I did like about it is each member of the Dudleys are from a different part 
of Dudleyville. <laughs> they're not just from Dudleyville. They're like East Dudleyville, Northwest Dudleyville, the, right. the, the dirty, south dirty side, side of yeah. Dudleyville. Yeah. Um, and Joel Gertner is like the most canceled person from this pay per view, <laughs> <laughs> easily. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeff Jones. I don't know. He was there for some reason, right? Yeah, the the heel ref in the group. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about him. Um, and then they have the the blow up doll. Beulah McGillis Luddy. With Beulah McGillis Luddy. Okay, so that whole thing is over. Okay. Right. So then their opponents come out. Okay. Right. There's no like sexual innuendos or dirty talking from them. They are just spitting Budweiser all over the fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just spitting Budweiser all over. They walk around the ring for like five minutes, just spitting Budweiser everywhere. Uh, of course, Sandman's bleeding because he yeah. smashes a can over his forehead, but he continues just spitting Budweiser everywhere. Right. 98 was so awesome. Well, the can, (laughs) you know, you just graze the can up against his gig spot and it starts bleeding because, you know, he's gigged there so many times over the years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this was everything. Yes. 100% veto. Everything that was great. Them coming out to the extended uh, inner Sandman uh, intro, which, you know, um, did they play Anderson? This was, they did not. This is There's a no street, a Dudleyville street fight. Okay, here's. I had so many problems with this. A Dudleyville street fight. Okay. And to start this Dudleyville street fight off, they have questions on who's going to start off first. Right. Yeah. Why aren't we just yeah? Tag rules in the right. street fight? <laughs> yeah. What? This is ECW and there's tag rules in a street fight? Dudleyville's weird. Um anyway. Yeah. Dud- Dudleyville is a uh a, you know, it's a whole nother set of rules. Yeah. When you're in Dudleyville. So what's your thoughts? I've got my complaints so far. You got any gears you know, to grind? You know, it it was fun. Uh, you know, these were, these matches were always a thing where you never really looked at it as a, uh, you know, it's kind of a real serious, you know what I mean? Type of deal. Um, you just knew that you were going to get, you know, this was the match where you were going to get the weapons. You were going to get the blood. You were going to get, you know, uh, even more crazy stuff. And I'll I'll mention this also, Vito, you know, take a look at this show. And I think, uh, and this is what I'm talking about. I think Tony Khan could, could learn a thing or two from this. All right. Like this was ECW in 1998. Okay. When anything went and we don't necessarily what we did. This was the first match where we got color, right? And the main event. Uh, I might think about we didn't get any color in, in Tanaka or uh, 
uh, anywhere else. There was no color in the Bam Bam Taz match? I don't believe so. Huh. I don't know. So, literally, like, uh, they they wait, you know, in uh, not just color, but just gimmicks themselves. There wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, there was in the tag team match, yes. And, uh, yeah, I guess there was in the awesome match. But this Only was, a chair. Right. And, and a table <laughs> on the outside. But... There, there yeah, was gimmicks. There was gimmicks, but this was the first match where they did the. Um... I know you have a blood problem, and a lot of people have a <laughs> blood problem. It cheapens it if you use it too much. I I disagree with that, and uh, a lot of people do have that blood problem that it cheapens it if they use it too much. But I um, mean, I don't have that, that same issue. I'm on that side of the fence most of the time. Sometimes it may make sense, but. Um. You know, we go back to, like, the Revolution pay-per-view uh, just a couple weeks ago, and it seemed like we got color in, like, half the matches. But regardless, regardless. Uh, we're not here We're not here to, to, to argue that point. My point is, uh, is that this was just a bunch of fun, um, you know, and, of course... We get the post-match stuff with the with the new Jack stuff. You know, sends everybody home happy. And um, it's a huge good time. A, there was one thing uh, that I thought was really funny. Um, they did a spot where they did four corners with all the guys, and then they they used the referee to do the spot on Gertner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a F them up Sandman F them up chant. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And uh, Joey Styles said, uh, "Big Dick makes the save." I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, the post stuff was pretty funny too. Yeah, we didn't really see much of Big Dick Dudley. No. Um, he never really wrestled often. In fact, I mean, off the top of my head, this is like. The only time I can ever remember him wrestling on an actual proper ECW pay-per-view might be the first think, and only time. I think the best um, spot in this match was after the match. New Jack basically clothesline Big Dick out of the ring with a shopping cart. Right. <laughs> now, I've seen it done with, like, the stairs, you know, like a, just a solid smash like this. But New Jack took that shopping cart and waylaid him over the rope and the shopping cart went over the rope with him and it was just like dude that's amazing that's amazing who would think to do that new jack that's who anyway you never <laughs> knew awesome. you never knew what was going to come out of that cart no or whatever sometimes it'd be like a trash can a lot of most of the times you'd bring in that rubber trash can full of yeah full of plunder you know and yeah and he yeah. just tossed it in the ring, and all the weapons would just come cascading out of it. You send the fans home happy. And that match went 14-26. See, very interesting. But, of course, I don't think that counts the, all the all the post-match shenanigans. So, all Yeah, I'm not sure. I got my times off of uh, Wikipedia, so I'm not sure if that went just from bell to bell or... Um, 
or if that included all that because the finish was uh, DDT on the ladder onto Bubba. Right. Tommy DDT'd Bubba on the ladder, and that was the finish. I'm pretty sure, right? He got the pinfall after that. Right. And then that's when everyone came off. So I'm not sure if that 1426 is bell to bell or not. But anyway. Yeah, the post-match stuff, I imagine, was another seven to ten minutes after that. I remember this show being uh, oddly short back in the day. Like, altogether, of course, there's only six matches. Yeah. But I can remember um, my tape, my VHS tape of this that I recorded from the pay-per-view. And I remember it being odd that it was only two hours and 30 minutes. On average, the pay-per-views would run about 240, 245 back in those days, sometimes a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but this wrapped up uh, at like two and a half hours sharp, which I thought was kind of short, but, you know, whatever. Or you have like WCW Halloween Havoc 98, which went, uh, you know, 12 minutes overtime or whatever, and then they cut off the feed. That would happen to us later on in this year, creating mass panic across the wrestling <laughs> landscape. Mass panic. And I actually, I, I got my money back for that show and uh, also got... Uh, the replay for free that Tuesday. But that's another story for another day, Vito. Oh. Overall, what, I mean, with hindsight, here we are now, 25 years later, uh, almost, what what would you rate this show? Are we giving it a rating? <laughs> like an overall rating? Can, can we do that? Are we giving it a 2023 rating or a 1998 rating? I mean, in, in 98, bro, I mean, we're talking... And this, this is, is a, a 5 in 98. Yeah. But 2023, I'm going to give this like a... Like a... I don't know, like a 3? <laughs> and that's being the, like... Because, I mean, the... I don't know. I didn't even watch the, the tag match with uh, RVD and... Sabu, except for the finish, and I like the finish. The Bam Bam and Taz match was was all right. Um, the the main event was not my bag, baby. Uh, I liked the Just Incredible Jay Lynn match. Landstorm Chris Candido match was all right. The Mike Awesome Tanaka match was a banger and a half. So. I think a, a three is, is what I'm going to go with this as a 2023 rating. What do you got? And that I think that that's kind of fair across the board. That's kind of what this show is thought of somewhere in the three. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little, you know, somewhere in the three to four range, probably say 3.5. Um, yeah. I remember back in the day, the torch rated uh the torch readers or however they do their scoring system um the torch had every match at at least three stars not sure what the overall <laughs> rating was uh wrestling observer dave was not quite uh as generous to the show um there was 
he had the stuff some a couple of the matches marked down in like the two star range. Yeah. So the overall rating uh from the observer was not as high as the torch. But overall it was thought of as a really at least um solid steady show for what it's worth. Yeah. The Even, little promos in it and having Shane Douglas as a commentator was good, you know. That's what puts it up from a 2.5 for me <laughs> to a I, 3. I would almost even argue that this is a quintessential show. If, you, if you're if you not uh, experienced in ECW, you could pretty much go, uh, if, if, if you need a jumping off point, uh, it's as good of a one as any. You know what I mean? Yeah. You pretty much get the idea of everything, and this is a company at its height in front of its biggest crowd ever. So, I mean, what yeah, else because they say? do enough of, uh, um, replays to let you know what happened before. And then the next one is November to remember. Right. So that one is when, you know, a lot of good, sh- that's a good, that's a good show. That November to remember is a good show. Um, I just watched that recently. Yes. Yeah, so um, a, lot, a lot better than the prior years, uh, which I remember yeah. is one of their, I did not care for that show. Maybe we'll do that show one day. But uh, we're going to be on and forward. We're going to just dial yes. up this time capsule, and who knows where it will take us, right? I can give you a little preview that the next pay-per-view will be a WCW pay-per-view. Ooh, so, so there you go, right. folks. There's that's your right. preview. It will be a WCW show. And... Also, a preview for futures. We will also not just ECW, WCW, and WWFE pay per views, but we will also be slipping in a Ring of Honor pay per view every once in a while. Because we got Honor Club, baby. Honor Club. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there you go. That's what you can look forward to Pro Wrestling Planet. Digging into the time capsule, digging up these old shows, talking about them. We thank you all very much for joining us. Big Vito T, the brand. I guess we're signing off, man. I guess that's it. I guess so. There's nothing else to say. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll do more. Too sweet me, baby. We're always going to do more. You can't can't keep us down. You can't keep us down. No matter what you do out there, brother extreme no matter what promoters want to come at us bro extreme